0: Friends, you are listening to Worst Show Ever. Your host, is CJ Boyd. I am here with Michael Harrison Gamble. Yes, we're yes. in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're at Mike's studio space. Mm-hmm. And we've just been talking a little bit, and I'm glad to have him on the show. We've been friends for a little while. I'm trying. To, we met up in New York. Yeah, I
1: think now. at another practice space in New York. Oh. Right, doing a session with Sam Levin. And That's true. I think it was just Trio. Yeah, that's well, what it was.
0: We, I think we met. Indigo Street uh, booked a show. I can't remember. Somewhere in Park Slope. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Bar 4. Bar 4. Yeah, I used,
1: that, to, I used to play there almost every week for seven yeah. years, as okay. much as I could. Right.
0: <laughs> and I think I was just coming through on tour with my group, Curve Choir, and Indigo put the show together and had us on a bill that you were playing, I think. And uh, then I think, actually, this is funny, I just remember we we ran into each other with that what's that Oasis is that the name of the place yeah that's your bit that in uh, Williamsburg it's like a yeah the falafel, falafel place yeah. <laughs> I think I was just sitting there like late night it's kind a of the best falafel it's really good I don't know
1: if it's still there I hope it is it's but... still there
0: I I mean I've been there within the year yeah it's still there it's uh, kind of like
1: the what's the the terrible Louis C.K. like the the double dip the, the, oh, bang bang! The bang bang. I used to do that with pizza? with the pizza pizza right <laughs> Santa Maria Pizza. Yeah.
0: what's it called, Maria? Yeah, one it's, of those. It's called Maria Something Pizza. That's my favorite pizza in New York. It's seventh in Bedford. Oh
1: yeah, that's the yeah. one, man. Yeah, that's the that's the double dip, I guess, right? <laughs> if you if your stomach can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, you're living out here in Portland now. We usually connect when I come through. I thought I'd. Yeah. Come
1: by and ask you about your worst show ever. Yeah. Oh, geez. It's funny. I've been thinking about the worst show ever, and it's like between three shows in my past, and one of them I could probably explain the best as probably the most terrifying show that I've okay. ever played okay. is... is as well as the worst show I've ever played which was at Bar 4 coincidentally okay. where, where we <laughs> were the hanging show out I Damn it. it wasn't the show that you played <laughs> it definitely wasn't um, essentially I had this gig in New Jersey where I used to drive to the gig in New Jersey and then drive back and play this residency and at one point I was sort of getting some friends to, to book the shows and um, Tony Barba a great saxophone player um, had a great idea to just book his band called The Barbarians with this great drummer from New Orleans, Simon Lott, and a bunch of other people, and I remember I was running late to this gig because, I don't know, for some odd reason or other, like, traffic, who knows, like, coming from Jersey to New York or Brooklyn for a gig is just a total nightmare, and it was a crapshoot every time, so I show up late to this gig, and for some reason I just, like, I park my car with my hazards on in a bus stop, right in front of the bar. Um, on okay. this is like Park Slope 15th and Park right, right. and 7th. Park my car, immediately go in and just start playing. Because it was like so packed, like I didn't know what was what was in me, but I just started playing and it was like really one of those super packed nights and there was this mysterious guy dancing the entire time and I don't know if he was like an undercover cop or what but Next thing you know, like, we stop a song, and I look at the bass player, Rob Jost, who's a great, amazing bass player, um, known for a while, and I look at him, and I'm just like, hey, man, dude, this is so great to play with you, and I tap him on the shoulder, and I get shocked, all right? Immediately, there's this, like, weird shock, because I had my tube amp, and he had his amp, and the wiring was was not so great at bar four, and at that moment, I look to the left, and 17 cops were, like entering the bar just at once saying, get down, put your drink down, put your drink down. My friend Ari, I remember he just like splashed his, his, his beer just went right to the floor and everybody had to get down. Nobody knew what was going on. And the cops basically had us file out one by one out of the bar. And this is, imagine the middle of March, like blistering cold outside, like tons of wind. And uh, turns out some poor kid just, had an armed robbery or like something crazy like the cops like were chasing him and he ended up like shooting at the cops which is like the big no-no to do. Cops shot back at him. I guess. I don't know. I mean, who knows in in that situation what anybody would do but apparently this dude ran into the bar while we were playing stashed his gun in the bathroom like in the trash (laughs) sat next to my good friend Connor chugged his beer and then That was the moment where the cops came in. So still, like, imagine all us outside. They don't have this dude nailed down. And he's, like, hanging out with us. Like, outside, the entire block is, like, blocked off. There's, like, SWAT team. There's, like, helicopters. Totally insane. (laughs) Totally insane. And turns out, like, they they ended up getting this kid. And we had to wait outside for probably, like, four or five hours. till like, four or five in the morning. Because they had to go inside, they had to, like, fingerprint everything, do everything in in the the New York City way, and oh, it was just so terrible, because we got back in, and my friend Tony's saxophone was, like, completely mutilated, like, all the couches were everywhere.
0: Wait, what did they do to the saxophone?
1: The saxophone was just, like, split in half, practically, by the cops, because the cops were, they had to, like, look everywhere, and... They had to they like, were throw to look everything in the saxophone? I don't know. No. I guess there there might be some <laughs> evidence in the saxophone, but or some <laughs> aggression taken out on the soprano. But like um, not
0: just taken apart but broken.
1: It was broken. Yeah. It was completely so mutilated. And uh, luckily like most of the instruments were okay, but the entire bar was smashed and then still my car is has the hazard lights on outside. And I'm telling the cops, I'm like, listen, can I just move my car? They wouldn't let me move my car.
0: Right.
1: And at the very end of the night, we're all just hanging out with the bartenders. That's that's really how I scored the seven-year gig was, was like, helping them out with that. After that night, they, they were like, okay, trust is there. And, of course, I go to Rob, and I'm like, hey, man, can you jump my car? Like, uh, oh, my car is, is done. So it was yeah. weird how, like, you know, the, the shock happened with Rob, and then at the end... Ended up jumping my car <laughs> at sunrise, but yeah, that's definitely holy shit. Definitely So the of the whole top time, three. Do, do
0: you know, like, while you're outside waiting, do you know that there's somebody among you who maybe has a gun? Like, are we had no idea. You know, we we you were, knew this later. You found this. We thing. found this out later, yeah, okay. because
1: we we were just I don't know, just innocent like kids in our twenties, freezing our asses off, trying not to like. You know get caught by the cops by like trying to go into the deli for a second like there was it was right. just they were watching <laughs> us each one of us like right right probably like 30 people outside okay for four hours right <laughs> that's insane it was totally insane uh so that's one of them definitely yeah jeez, um yeah memories but um, <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of another good one um involving well this one's kind of interesting It's sort of like a gig, I guess, more or less, because the gig was at night, but it's also in New York City, and I was really stoked to have my first, like, laptop that I bought. Like, okay, I had my, like, Macintosh laptop. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to make some music. I'm going to, like, get into GarageBand, you know, see what's happening. So when is this? This is in, like, 2006, maybe. Okay. This is way back um, in my early years in New York, and I had this... uh, this gig still in New Jersey and um, my good friend Josh Smith, the saxophone player from Cleveland, he's in this great trio called Birth, um, with Jeremy Blake and great drummer Joe Tomino, he had given me this suitcase, kind of similar to like this vibe, but like a little bit more like brown and, and sort of like 80s businessman type. He gives me the suitcase, okay. He's like, Man, put your laptop in there. I'm like, okay, cool, great. I'll see you in New York in a couple of weeks, we'll do our gig. And at that time I had this residency at the Barry Poetry Club, great venue, that's that's not there anymore unfortunately. But um, he gives me the suitcase, I put the I put the um, computer in my suitcase, and we had a rehearsal at Dave Troy's house in Williamsburg, you know, classic Mike Gamble or whatever. I I rolled to the rehearsal and like really, really rushed because I know I gotta get to my teaching gig get to the rehearsal and I'm like I'm really like feeling nauseous I don't know if it was like the Chinese food I had last night and or whatever and we're, we're there and I remember Dave like like just like lit up a cigarette and like I almost was just like completely about to vomit I was like I have to go guys I'm sorry can we just like try to wing this tonight and I rehearsed a little bit it's like I gotta get to my gig and I go and I get in my car I drive all the way to Jersey and um I get to the teaching gig and I realized, like, where is my computer? Like, I know I didn't. Like, this is the first week. I know, like, I'm really good with my possessions. Yeah. Where is my computer? Totally freaking out, thinking somebody stole it from me, from my car, or whatever. And um, I teach an entire day in these obnoxious, like, soccer playing um, jersey kids, were, like, laughing at me, like, oh, you lost your computer. <laughs> I don't care about you. Let's keep playing, like, Easy guitar licks And Um Get to the gig At the Barry Poetry Club And I'm just Just done I'm like I, There goes like I don't know How much it could be Like $4,000 I forget how much right. It was like On a monthly plan I was just Wrecked And um We play the gig And it was like The saddest To me Like very Like I could not Like let that go I could not let right. this The only music That was really on there Was honestly These like Rehearsals With these Jersey kids That I was recording On On um, on um my garage band actually the town that James Scott Gandolfini is from weirdly enough um but anyways the gig happens and i get this call in the middle of the night from dave he's like hey man my roommate was like out jogging and uh noticed there was like a swat team and i don't know what it's with me and swat teams but <laughs> um but there's a swat team that's like has the entire block like blocked off and uh yeah, I guess uh, your computer was left on the sidewalk, and my oh, my roommate saw the um, the cops, and yeah, you might want to talk to that precinct or whatever. So, anyways, I call <laughs> the precinct. I call them, and they're like, "Get the fuck down, you kid!" And I'm just like, "All right, cool, whatever." Right, I go there, and I remember like like I walk in, and then just immediately like typecast me. I like had a beard, had this hat, and they're like, "Oh, it's you!" Yeah. Just as they described you, it's like, go to fuck upstairs. Go talk to the boys upstairs. I'm like, what the hell is happening right now? Right. Like, I go and there's, like, Scarface posters and, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is, like, so Brooklyn, it's, like, killing me right now. And this guy's grilling me. He's just like, what the fuck? So you leave your fucking computer. Like, you know you, know, you know what we had to do? You had the whole fucking entire SWAT team. We had to laser that shit out. I'm like, wait, you lasered the computer? Like, And they're like, come look at it. And they're like... Slammed the the computer down with the so like 80s terrorist suitcase that luckily I didn't set the lock on because it was still new from some some like I don't know some thrift store in Ohio, whatever. Um, I open it up and it's like all like blazered out and like my computer like barely like mean, turns up out? like like as in like they they literally probably like had some robot. This is like right after you know years after right, nine right. eleven like they were like probably like taking like. Some like sophisticated technology to like somehow find out what was in there okay. without opening it you know right okay so I still have the suitcase and it's and it's like totally deteriorated and the funniest thing and this is a monoxious thing that that I did I was like my friend Dave Troy drummer came over and he had to prove like where he was living with some some mail and as I was walking out I was like and this is just some stupid thing I don't know why I said this but I was like oh. Is there by any chance um that like vintage Metallica shirt that was covering up the computer? Did you guys like uh, you know, this, this woman
0: was just like, What are you talking about a kid? Like, get the fuck out of here. And just, like, and like, get the
1: like I was like, oh my Metallica god. So, shirt, so it took man. my computer and just like, um, okay, bye. So the <coughs> so was the computer ruined? No. No, it it was. So, it does have like little laser bits on it. But, but like somehow, I don't know, they like kept it intact and maybe the Metallica shirt like it was
0: burned or like
1: like the the actual laser like you could see like all these these like it looks like cuts basically on the side of the suitcase but on the actual computer there's just like tiny little oh on
0: the computer yeah or on the suitcase
1: yeah on the suitcase but the computer like had like a tiny bit laser scratches maybe it was the Metallica t-shirt that like somehow
0: magically like saved (laughs) saved the computer but uh (laughs)
1: Yeah, jeez. <laughs> As you see, I, now I live in Oregon, and you know my stress, my my like, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of stressful you're moments just, like that. I, mean, I don't know it, if I it, was just this is just like your twenties, just before your Saturn return. You're just like dealing with a lot of stuff, but yeah.
0: I mean, when you're doing too many things, you're gonna you fuck something up, and it's not like yeah. I laugh about it all the time because there's things where. I've been on the road 10 years uh-huh. and then you know I'll still do this like bullshit rookie mistake where you're like how did I possibly do that? Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been doing it for a very long time. <laughs> you know, I like just earlier this year like uh-huh. a few months ago uh-huh. I had a show in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh-huh. And normally when I'm leaving Fayetteville, I'm usually either heading east like to Russellville. Or, or Little Rock. Uh-huh. Or I'm heading west to uh, Oklahoma City. Okay. As it happened, I had a show booked in Springfield, Missouri right after um, Fable, And I did not look at my schedule. Uh-huh. And I just was like on autopilot. Like, oh, I know where to go. <laughs> and I started driving. And I drove for two hours Whoa. <laughs> west, heading towards Oklahoma City uh-huh. before... I happened to get, like, a text or a message or something about the show in Oklahoma City. Uh-huh. And I checked my, my um, schedule to see what time it was starting. Sure. Just had to tell some friend about, like, yeah. some friend in Oklahoma City was yeah. like, oh, what time do you show on Wednesday? And I was like, oh, let me check. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, oh.
1: It's Tuesday or Shit. Yeah.
0: It's on Thursday, not on oh, Tuesday. Oh I need to go to Springfield. God damn it. Um, oh, my gosh. And it's like if you did that Mm and it was your first tour ever you'd be like ah touring is hard ah but when you've been doing it for that long you're just like how the fuck did I not like I should know better I should know better but and I'm not making excuses for my own stupidity but I do think that Mm -hmm. this is this was always the lesson for me every time something like that happens Mm -hmm. I'm probably stretching myself thin right now like that's yeah inevitably that's that's true every time I'm trying to do too many things right now Mm -hmm. and I'm Cutting corners, I'm doing things half assed because there's not time in the day to do all the things well. So I'm just doing a poor job.
1: I mean, I, I feel like I still, to that day after that particular incident, like I'm always, when I'm driving away, <laughs> you check after see, I, lo- you I literally look behind, behind me. I'm like, I'm like, literally, did <laughs> I leave my computer? Right. And I have this term called the triple double check. Right. That's, that's like my own obsessive compulsive way of right. the triple double check. I even like we'll do that in my apartment with yeah. like my espresso machine. If I forget to turn off, like it'll like right, right. probably burn down the house. And it's just <laughs> one button. That sort of stems from a funny story. This isn't a gig story, but like I definitely after watching Mr. Wizard with my brother and my cousin. This is like in the middle of Pennsylvania, where weirdly the like fourth plane went down in 9-11, sadly. Yeah. Um, which my mom's family, which she grew up on a dairy farm, like, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Like, totally inside story. Like, knows, like the FBI definitely shot down that plane. Um, right. and everybody knows in that town. But anyways, aside from that, I was, like, you know, just hanging out with my cousin and doing stupid shit. Like, we had a hairspray bottle and, like, some matches. And we, like, literally, <laughs> like, I remember... Very vividly like going to my brother who's three years and a day older and me, like and being like well This is great cool. Whoa, whoa, and then, like, there goes his hair like I singed his hair He was freaking out. We're going back and just like little boys like you know, right. whatever we start Lighting some shit on fire and my brother. I'll never forget his words He's like let it spread man. Let it spread. I'm like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> and the next thing you know like the entire field is on fire and we were freaking out we had to run back and weirdly enough my aunt who's a horse person and she she does horse competitions tar? she weirdly <laughs> had like yeah I said that she had like all these moist like horse blankets from the previous oh. night and she like put out the fire herself oh and yeah, That's luckily awesome. to her and, and Marcia just... She said, had all the horse blankets I know, on. this fucking horse blanket <laughs> saved my ass. <laughs> Although my mom, being an English teacher and being sort of a hard-ass, like I spent the entire summer in, in the library in Ohio, like researching fires and okay. periodicals and Punitive whatever. research? It was bad. It was yeah. Like, yeah. But now it's like I have the thing with fire. You know, these like those tiny little things you just leave, live and you learn, but...
0: I mean, I hear what you're saying. In yeah. a way, that's good, right? Like, that... It's it's good that... It's like when you touch the stove and it's hot, then you, then you form the memory of, I should not do that. Yeah. Right? Even though it's... Yeah, of course your parents, when you're a little kid, want you to not touch the stove. Totally. But also, if you do, you'll probably remember better. But the things that blow my mind is when you really already know the lesson, and then you still fuck it up. Oh, like, yeah. Like, where you're like, oh, yeah. I should really know this by now. Yeah. But... I do it again. And that's even more frustrating.
1: It's it's really frustrating. And touring as as you know, I mean, there's there's so many like chaos factors every day. Right, like right. still to this day, like I just know every venue that I pull into, like, I'm watching my back like left and right. Like it's like episode of Jeez, what's that movie about meth? You know what I'm talking about. You Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad, yeah. It's like okay. you're watching from like several Okay yeah like directions at once, like, okay, what's before I open this door, what's that guy looking at? Right. Is he looking at me while I'm opening the door? And yeah, it's scary. I just had one of my students have his bass ripped off from um, from a venue in Eugene. Shit. Where like he locked, he totally locked his car. Totally, it's this dude just like jacked it in like two minutes. Like was watching him, and the only thing he had left in his car was his bass and maybe like a couple of pedals or something, and. Between the two minutes of him going in and coming back out, dude popped the trunk and bounced.
0: Wow. Oof. Wait, so he had it in his car and he put it in his trunk?
1: He had like, it in his trunk, had his trunk locked, his car entirely locked. Like He, being somebody, a student of mine... somebody
0: knew that it was in there, you think?
1: I think like, somebody's so. watching him. I know that parking lot. I don't know if you ever played Sam Bond's Garage. Not to talk shit about that place, because um, it's a great place to play. But yeah. that parking lot... I okay. did. Yeah, I've had some experiences. I showed up there one time, and literally, like, some dude was, like, th- like, there's a bush, and, like, I just saw legs, and, like, coming out of this bush, i like, what the hell's going on? Okay. And the <laughs> bass player, Noah Jarrett, great bass player, um, oh, he's, he's just good. like, yeah, dude's totally shooting the back there. Oh my god. Yeah. We're going to set the premise, like, be cool with our gear, just watch these guys, and ended up, like, talking to that guy, weirdly, okay. about... Um... Meth in Springfield, which is like the next town over, and like the, the how he hates meth addicts. After he just okay. did meth, I mean, you know, it's like a terrible epidemic here in Oregon. Yeah, totally. Oh, it's 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 bad. Yeah.
0: That's really scary, though. That the dude, I mean, because I think about this all the time. For me, and I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I mean, like, yeah. all my stuff is yeah. in my van. Yeah, it's not like I can. People sometimes, you know, other folks who are used to typical tours were like, Oh, do you want to bring stuff in? And I was like,
1: Actually, it's safer in my van, baby, baby, right? Well,
0: not whether it's safe or not, it's like at some point, I think if you tour for a couple weeks or whatever, you can have one sort of protocol. But when you tour permanently Mm -hmm. for a decade, I'm not going to bring all of my gear into a place every time I stop somewhere. You bring the necessary stuff, it'd just be insane. Yeah, you know, to it's, speak it's too much. So, uh-huh. you know, a lot of times when I'm staying somewhere, I feel like especially other musicians uh-huh. are like the most paranoid. Right? They're like, they'll let me. They're like, this neighborhood's pretty safe. Yeah. Like, I would, I wouldn't trust this neighborhood. Like, yeah. they'll give me the rating of like the classic how yeah. the how the neighborhood is, and I'm usually like not worried about it because normally I think that my van. Kind of just looks like a work van, and I'm trying to like. I would
1: say it's pretty like, incognito. I, like. I mean, it's
0: like it stands out. It's a large van, uh-huh. but it doesn't look like a. I'm definitely not going for the like touring band vibe. Totally, totally. I don't, I don't have bumper stickers. Yeah. I don't do any of that, like, to try to make and it. And you don't even do
1: like the anti touring, like like a Jesus sticker, like I a cop sticker. That. Like I've thought about it. It's, yeah. yeah. It <laughs> seems like it like. It, it
0: might at some point it becomes
1: yeah like, like reverse like psychology like almost right. too much, yeah, like weirdly, like when i um my wife and I moved into this artist um housing that we live in right now, and the people that were living before had this um uh had a doormat like in the front that said, My neighbors have better stuff <laughs> and I was like really I like that's like, like no like that's like A that's that's like very it's just you know it's like I, I don't know it just hit me in all the wrong places all at once I was like uh, we're tossing this like this is just it's rude let alone like
0: well, you threw away your neighbor's mat
1: no it was it was the previous
0: tenants of, oh of, okay yeah, no yeah, that yeah. would be even weirder if throw, I threw like, like, my neighbor's like neighbor actually yeah just, like, cause, cause like, then they're assuming you and like fuck that shit, man. (laughs) It is (laughs) weird, That's where you let it spread on their doormat a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I know, right?
1: Some some old, those are some old tactics, yeah, from Mr. Wizard times.
0: My friend Mary was just driving. She was driving from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We met up in Seattle, and she was on her way to Alaska, and she had all of her stuff in her car. Mm -hmm. And she's driving, like, a CRV. Yeah. And she did this classic, and this is not, like, a musician's, specifically but people always do this where like she's got a blanket over the all blanket stuff. Oh yeah. And I always think dude, if there's a blanket over stuff, that implies value. Yeah. More. It's a than, signifier uh, of yeah
1: there is stuff. There's
0: stuff because if you just had like cans of you know baked beans, you wouldn't cover it up with a blanket, you know? True. Like if you just had nothing back there, you probably yeah. just leave it out but the blanket I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. You it's also a, don't want to just like if you have a guitar, you don't want to just like leave it yeah. in the front seat either. Yeah,
1: it's sad. It's like it's a sad state that we have to be so protective and you know so worried about it all the time. But I mean, it's it is true. It's like how, we all know a friend that's gotten ripped off and totally you know. And there's there's I don't know. I I don't feel like after especially after living in New York, I I will still in like the safest neighborhoods just be careful, wary of what yeah my belongings and what they're doing. And then sometimes I just gotta let let it all go. <laughs> right. Like still to this day, like in my apartment, like uh I'll like since I've been working heavily on my masters thesis, like I'll take my my hard drive, my external hard drive, my backup hard drive, like with me. Like if I'm leaving my apartment. Okay. Just like okay, I just just like it's like a little like I don't know, like a stuffed bear okay. or something. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: like, it's like, I just need this, I, it's just in case,
1: this is here, I this just this touch it. for a
0: comfort, comfort blanket. Comfort. And I yeah. don't know,
1: to me, like, the cover blanket of, like, sending up stuff in a cloud is just as weird to yeah. me, like, okay, like, what, like, you know, server in Arizona is going to fail Right. when, like... But, you know,
0: but the double-triple, right? If you, yeah, if the if double-triple. If yeah, you, if you put it, I mean, I just... You know, I've just finished this record that's like fifty two songs. Yeah. And there was a time where I almost lost my external hard drive. Oh, there was a time when I thought I almost lost my computer. There've been just like things that have happened uh-huh. where it's like, okay, that's a reminder, I gotta save this shit. It'd be like how ridiculous would it be if I was like recording four hours of music and then I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I know before yeah. I got to release it. So I do that, right? It's like yeah. I put it on Google Drive and so. I have a backup external hard drive uh-huh. both because yeah. that way if either one fails there's you know you got
1: two i i i finally bit the bullet i don't know if it's just me being a tourist and being just a just a stuck in my ways but it took me a while to like spend like the extra couple bucks for google drive 100 gigabytes yeah i and now finally just, got it for like it's, this it's there the project yeah and it's a and it's a good thing
0: and once you have it it's so much space
1: like video editors yeah. in particular um now I mean I've been getting into to writing and doing a lot of stuff with film and I mean just like a recording session. It's like you you know, it's timeless. It's like you can't like redo right. something if you miss something. Um, yeah, that that's funny, that reminds me of like speaking of timelessness and, and getting out of funny situations. Um, I was in jury duty basically in Brooklyn and um, this is kind of a funny story, yet not a real Gig story per se, but pertains to a gig in a certain way. Like I basically got called for jury duty in Brooklyn. It's like a huge like process, like a three step process. You go to one, okay. like you know, like there's like two hundred people in a room, and you watch this video of like process of judgment, and there's like I remember like some reenactment of like 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 water, like if you float in water, you're like like lying or so I don't know some like medieval shit that they're like. Recreating like it broke, it was a really bizarre video. I don't know okay. if you, if anybody's out there like that's been through it before, they know what I'm talking about. Anyways, did that, got to the second round, and, um, you know, just waiting to get called to go into the actual courtroom. Right. Go into the courtroom, and I was like taking my time, whatever, and it was like, I was like one of the last people in, so I got like on the side, and like, yeah, there's, there's like 200 people in there, and, um, the judge is like for any reason is there anybody out there that cannot be called for jury duty on july 10th through july 12th or something and stupidly like me and like two other people or three other people like raise their hands We're just like oh whoa okay. oh geez why did I just do that because this is like super pressure and the first person's like oh I'm a construction worker I um I need to you know work for my family blah 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 and I'm like I just can't miss work, and, he's, and the judge jurors like, I mean, the judge's like, sorry, you have to come to jury duty, and the second person is like, oh, I'm in grad school, I have my tests, like I can't miss my tests, if I miss them, blah, 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 I'm going to fail, and the judge is like, sorry, you're going <laughs> to have to reschedule, and they're like, you, sir, what about you, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I have a recording session, and I play jazz music and jazz is timeless this is like literally i was like and you can't overdub on jazz music i have to be there at this session where this record's not going to get made okay and the judge is like listen kid he's like i'm gonna let you go <laughs> on the condition that you tell me who is this person that you're recording with i'm like actually um it's the son of a famous pianist, Keith Jarrett. Like his, his name's Noah Jarrett. It's his band, and like people are like, oh, oh. I just hear like you know Keith Jarrett's sort of a common name, and, um, and then he was just like, get out of here, come <laughs> come back. But it's funny how like there are like certain situations. I feel like there's I don't know if it's a if it's like some some ancient sort of like uh, spirit that's following you or whatever. But I feel like luck is sometimes you know on my side and sometimes completely working yeah.
0: against me. <laughs> that one's funny because I feel like, I feel like every time, not every time, but a number of times that I've gone to Canada.
1: Oh, geez. I get into this
0: weird conversation with border guards about like, Oh my gosh. Basically like, are you taking jobs away from, away from the Canadians? And yeah. And I, and honestly, like, I'm glad that you actually, like just said it to the judge. Like, this is extremely important. I usually have this, like, Existential crisis yeah. where they're like, "Well, is what you do something that could be done by a Canadian?" And I'm like, well, "I don't know." Like, I've I read too much philosophy. Yeah, like, like I, how can I you mean, ask me this question? Of course, the like egoist in me is like, "I'm irreplaceable. No one can do what I do." And then part of me is like, "I mean, anyone can do what I do. I guess." If you're, like, just I mean, it's just, like, it of course, mean, there's yeah. other musicians. that I'm sure could there's play Canadians that instead could do, of me. Yeah. yeah. Like, They don't wouldn't play my songs, but of course, why would they? They've got their own songs. I've had
1: some terrible experiences in Canada where I was touring with this funk band Booty Juice for a long time, which is a (laughs) lick from Fear of a Black Cat. Anyways, we're touring we're going to Canada. We try to get in at one part of upstate New York and totally fail. Yeah. And stupidly we drive like another two hours and try to get in at like another upstate New York. Um, Canadian thing (laughs) and we literally go across and they're like this is like right around like the time where people were checking out websites and they're like okay we saw your website Um, you know you're gonna have to get your contracts together before you try this again booty juice and so we literally like went back into the small town and uh, we saw like the American border patrol guards and they're like good luck doing your thing went to the bowling alley that night saw the same American patrol guards there bowling, like just hanging with them. Went back the next day and the first thing that happens, like we, we, we like go in, we have like all of our shit together apparently, and uh, this lady's like Joe DiMatteo, come here, Joe DiMatteo. And Joe DiMatteo goes into the to the office and like yeah, this, we're all just yeah. like what's going band? on? He's a member of the band, right? okay. he's a percussionist, and he comes out and he's like crying. Like literally crying and they're like, Mike Gamble, next. So like I'm just like, Joe, what are you? I'm like trying to look at it, I'm like Joe what what, what, what did he's crying and I'm like, what is this? And I go in there and they were uh, okay, they were gonna fine us each ten thousand dollars for disclosing information. Um, and they were gonna like not allow us back into Canada. It was a really dark scene. Wow. Um, luckily we we just like gave up the gigs and, and just went back home and that's when I deemed the term disaster because that was certainly the disaster Um, and we also broke down in akron and i like had some weird veggie burger and got like the worst flu of my life and had to get a shot in my butt in vermont to like save me from my friend's childhood doctor but yeah oh man it's tough Canada's not you're, you're I Wait, mean in it's that not situation easy. though, yeah. they
0: were gonna they were saying they were gonna let you go play the gigs but then charge you ten thousand dollars.
1: No, they were threatening they weren't allowing us to play the gigs okay. whatsoever. Right. they were just threatening like that if we were lying to them more so than we were as in like we are actually because um, I think our story was like yeah we're playing like we had like some sketchy contract to play in like some sketchy club right but we were supposed to play like a festival and like all this other stuff right right and we definitely lied about that stuff stupidly we took it off our website we were dumb kids and um
0: but i mean you kind of don't have any i mean i won't say you don't have any choice but i feel like and it's changed right now it's it's more lax it's more lax right now yeah i mean in the last couple years they made it so that like you're playing small shows, mm-hmm. I don't know if festivals would count, but like, yeah. if you're playing small shows, they're sort of like, oh, okay, like you're gonna barely break even. This isn't yeah. like really a national concern. Taken, which they haven't done that from. on the U.S. side. Just Canada's done it. Yeah, the U.S. is still as fascist as I've ever. Yeah, it it's
1: it's really difficult for Canadians yeah. to come in. But I right. mean, yeah.
0: and back in the day, it was like you can either just like never go to Canada, mm-hmm. or if you go, you kind of had to lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not. Cause I, I forget what it costs for a work permit but I mean
1: oh I remember it was like it was kind like, of kinda like I remember for us it was like 500 or yeah, something yeah yeah that's probably right I think it's yeah like four or 500 and right. which we did pay it a couple times and okay. we did it legitimately we did tour Canada like four or five times and uh, totally. I think this was like, like the, the last time we went we were like oh we got this and oh like, Man. but it was like no yeah I've
0: never been in <laughs> a position I've never had shows lined up that were going to pay enough to justify spending five hundred dollars sure. on a, on a work permits. Uh,
1: one time, I was on tour with with this band Earth from Seattle, yeah, great doom metal band, and I was I was opening up for them. This band called Sabbath Assembly, and our poor Belgian driver, like, <laughs> was such a good guy. Like, 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 just smoked spliffs. I mean, come on, it's just like this thing. You know, you just go, just focus me. Totally got his ass searched at, a, like, the border of Norway to Sweden. And it was just, like, the oh, worst thing ever. Because, like, I mean, A, he's, he's, like, you know, we all, like, made sure there was no remnants of anything. But apparently, like, the dog, like, smelled, like, the tiniest bit on his computer. And and that that was the roughest, like, experience that I've heard or seen physically, like, at a, at a border in Europe. But for the most part, it's been pretty lax and and Europe like going especially like you know, between like Germany and, and France, like yeah and Belgium. There's usually not, not that big of an issue. It's I guess in Switzerland good. sometimes. Switzerland has like a yeah.
0: border, but I mean I guess I've never you guys were driving like in a van? Yeah, we
1: were driving. Yeah. yeah I've the, only
0: ever crossed the Norwegian border on train. On train. Yeah. But even on some of those where you're on train, like Sometimes they'll have border guards get on the train while the train is moving, uh-huh. you know? so it's not even really an inconvenience. Yeah, and they'll like come through and be like, "Where are you from, sir?" And like, yeah. oh, "I'm from the U.S." Like, "Oh, the passport?" And like, "Okay, yeah. there you go." Yeah, and they'll just like you're just sitting in your seat while the train yeah. is still moving. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if anything, it's but most the of the time, Canadian American border. It's just yeah, like
1: it's just really mm. has established this this unnecessary line.
0: Man, thank yeah. you so much for talking. Always, man, we can talk forever. Um, <laughs> definitely. By the them. stories just keep coming. I right?
1: mean Yeah. I hope to have more the next time I see you. <laughs> right. Maybe not terrible stories. Hopefully hopefully not too many more times. <laughs> that, that doesn't really make the for the greatest podcast, right? The best gig ever. Right. <laughs> you can sign up, man. Best gig ever. Most fruitful gig ever. <laughs>
0: Episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dorana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Poez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.